Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Racing Insiders podcast. I am your host, Kate Dillon from Crate Insider, along with my co-host here, Steve Hendren from Hendren Racing Engines. Hola. 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 Oh, you know, I, I I think the first thing we should do is update everybody on the phone situation. Remember last week, we talked all about your phone situation at the airport. Oh, yeah. You know. That, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah I feel, was, I feel was like Monday she, when it actually happened. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Where we were getting so, yeah. the uh, big FU from the uh, baggage claim yeah, so, in, in Charlotte Airport. So after I was told that I couldn't, you know, get my phone because it was just one of 50 in the back even though I knew it was there because American Airlines told me it was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to go fill out the uh, claim. Mm-hmm. So I filled out the claim and the next day by noon, they're like, Oh, we found your phone. Yeah. It's going to be like 50 bucks to ship it back to you now. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And it came on FedEx in an envelope. Yeah. So I know it's not 50 bucks to ship one FedEx in an envelope. No. No, no, it's, so, it's not, but you, but you got it back. It is what it is. Got it back. Yeah. I was able to transfer all my data, got all my freaking photos, all that shit. So yeah. Good deal. Well, I'm glad. Good. And um, you got a new phone out of the deal. Yeah. Or a new used phone. Yeah. It's actually still in great shape. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's in perfect shape. Yeah. Um, perfect shape for sure. So yeah, that's the update. Yeah. So American Airlines, Pittsburgh, fucking awesome. American Airlines, Charlotte sucks ass. You know, that airport has just gotten way too busy for its capacity is really what the problem Pretty is. Much, and I then think. they're trying to do construction. And yeah, I don't know that it's even expansion construction or if it's just like remodeling construction. No, I'm not expa- sure. It's expansion. Is that what it yeah. is? Okay. I don't know. It's a mess. It's, it's, it's a total mess. It's, yeah. Used to be it's one, one of my favorite. favorite airports. Now it's like on the bottom 10%. I mean, list. I mean clearly there's worse <laughs> ones. So oh, yeah. I, I think I mean, we voted yeah. for our worst ones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Flying to Newark, you know, or flying to, flying to freaking uh, JFK. Okay. JFK is definitely on my naughty list yeah. of, of, of the, one of the worst mm-hmm. uh, Miami customs through the airport. Yeah. One of the worst Chicago baggage claim or baggage handling. One of the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. my, they're in my top three of the worst airports. And that would pretty much encompass three of my last four trips. Oh yeah. <laughs> with, I there guess with go. Charlotte coming in fourth, <laughs> right. fourth on the naughty list. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, there's been something, something rough um, on every single one of my, um, of my travels. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I caused the whole roughness on the last, on the last trip just because I left my fucking phone on the damn plane. Well, but yeah, there's that. It wouldn't have been for that. Everything would have gone smoothly. But. Yeah. All right. So I see we have Scott's here. He says, hi, from wet, dry, stormy, calm, hot, cold, California. There we go. Sounds like North Carolina right now. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like the rest of the country. Now, welcome to what it's like to be for the rest of us. Yeah, it was yeah. like 65 degrees here today. Yeah. Randomly. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know <laughs> anymore. Uh, now, here's a question for you, uh, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy's asking, Steve, did you shoot down the balloon? Dude, I totally tried. Because it literally like... <laughs> I think it like came over our area <laughs> on Sunday, but no, unfortunately I missed. Yeah. Or, or the bullet fell down on somewhere. Wow. Better be careful with that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean like there's, you know, some redneck was totally trying to shoot it down. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I can I'm reach sure. <laughs> well, just before the show, I was one, one, one thing that upsets me is I have a drone and 
I love my drone and I only want to use my drone to take pretty pictures, you know, pretty video cool pictures stuff, yeah. of things. And You're totally not spying on anyone. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to use it to stalk people. I'm not using it to chase animals. Like yeah. I literally just want like shots of trees and nature, that kind of thing. Cause I, cause I don't want to fly it around a bunch of power lines or right. any of that other thing. And, you know, I have a much longer story about having my drone almost taken away in a area. Um, but yeah, apparently you cannot fly a drone in any of the national parks, which is ridiculous. Or, or Lucas Oil Race. So I am glad, oh, no, no, it, no. I'm, I'm yeah. glad it wasn't flying over, the balloon wasn't flying over Lucas Oil Race because they might have shut it down. Oh, they would have absolutely shut it down for sure. No, we've seen it happen. I know. Yeah. Exactly. No, I mean, you know, I think it's important to get permission where are your private event. And so I have been lucky. There's a couple of racetracks I have been able to get a little bit of drone footage from because it's fun to fly. I mean, and these, right. these things are there when you've got a good drone, you push the home button and it knows where exactly where exactly. to come back to. It's not, it's really I mean, anybody can make something dangerous. I mean, like Legos on the floor can be a danger, but it doesn't mean it's a bad toy, mm -hmm. for instance. But um, I think if I'm going to go to a national park, I think what I'm going to do is just blow up a balloon and <laughs> stick it to the top of my drone because there's no freaking way that weather balloon or whatever, spy balloon, there is no way that it made it all the way across the United States without hitting a national park. Exactly. So if it's okay for a weather balloon, then I'm just going to slap a little balloon, a little white balloon on top of my drone and not call it. It's not a drone. Well, don't the Chinese like own half the parks in the United States now? Um, I don't think so. No. I'm, but pretty they, sure, I'm pretty sure they own Chimney Rock up here. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm That part I'm not. I have no data on that one. But, you know... It, the, the bullshit thing is that people, oh, it's the Chinese drones. Yeah, they're the, the China. Yeah. Well, what isn't Chinese? The camera. The, the camera's from China. My laptop's from China. This is probably made in China. I don't freaking know. Um, everything's made in China. It doesn't mean it's all like, oh, it's the Chinese drones are going to spy on you. I, not any more than TikTok does. Right. I mean, right? About TikTok. You know? So it's like, I don't know. There's just certain things that just uh, kind of yank my chain. And the fact that I can't fly my drone, I got this beautiful, amazing, amazing drone that you can only fly it on property, private property where you have permission. God, what was it's that? Bullshit. What is that South Park where Peter Griffin is like something about yanking my chain or, or you know what I mean? It's I like, don't even know where that phrase came we, from. Yeah, from we, we, had, we, had, we had to start doing like, doing like a segment of that every time. It was like, this really freaking grinds my gears or whatever it is. Ooh. I think it's grinds my gears. Ooh, that, that would be fitting for the show. Yeah. It grinds my gears. People would then, you know what? People would then ask you which gear you were running. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, I see some other folks are saying hi. Ward says, hi from negative 16 degree to 45 degree upstate New York. Nice. Hey, you do you, buddy. Yep. Yeah, that that's, is, that's um, a pretty big swing. In yeah, <laughs> I want no part of that. <laughs> All right, we got a question here. It says uh, Ward says you may have been asked this before: six hundred two rush engine versus six hundred two dirt car sealed mm -hmm. engine. Opinions, good or bad? Uh, six hundred two rush engine is going to be one hundred percent legal. I'm going to say a six hundred two dirt car sealed engine is not going to be. Not uh, necessarily, because I, I mean, have seen a lot of illegal shit from the dirt car. Even in the last like four or five years, oh yeah, um, is it, like caveat. We don't want you know. I'm not haters going to hate that yeah, they're no, all whatever. illegal, but no, no. you're not saying that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say 
the rush sealed engine is going to be 100 percent legal. Yeah, agreed. and you can race it anywhere, basically. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's really good about Rush is they really dial they, they absolutely police their engine builders and then the 100%. whole they really police their entire program. And that was the whole point of uh, Dirt Car when they limited it to like eleven or thirteen. Now, we, um, yeah, engine correct. builders who could offer. Sales. Now, 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 if we if we are talking legal engine to legal engine, technically there should be no difference. Correct. Yeah. Because everybody's still going by the Golden Book. Yep. All right, Jeremy says I might have looked at it through a pretty nice scope, but I don't think the three hundred Win Mag. <laughs> what, what, what was it? Three hundred Win Mag. Win Mag. Win, okay. Winchester Mag. Oh, would have got there. <laughs> no, no, you might have missed a little bit. Yeah, a couple thousand feet at least. Uh, it wasn't it like sixty thousand feet in the yeah. air. Yeah, yeah, he'd have missed by probably I don't know fifty four thousand feet roughly. So, so yeah. of course it's going straight up, so it would have been yeah probably about fifty. 8,000 feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Harold says, I'm sure you've been asked that asked before, but can a guy get away with running a 16 rocker arm with that press instead of crate motor? A 1.6 rocker. Oh, okay. With, uh, wait, hang on. Running a 1.6 rocker arm with, I'm not sure about the end of that. Um, as if you're talking about a 604, can you run one six? rocker arms without having to change anything yes you can mm. uh both on intake and exhaust and you can get away with that without a problem so you don't have to, like cut the guide down or anything like that 602 um i would assume it's just nothing that's ever come up because most anything that we can run one oh, sixes with oh here we go he's rewritten it oh probably probably talk tax or something can a guy get away with running a 1.6 rocker arm or a crate engine without pulling out the rocker stud on on a crate engine? on a 602 um, cause that's the only thing that you'd be worried about pulling a stud out of cause it's a Vortec head and it's not a screwing stud. Um, I assume you can, uh, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'd certainly, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think, I don't think, yeah, I don't think the spring will handle it. Honestly, mm. it might. Yeah. Interesting. I don't think I'd try it because I, yeah, I mean, Usually anybody allows you to run like a one six is going to be an asphalt series where it's actually written in the rules that you can do that. Mm -hmm. And normally it's going to be on six Oh fours. Okay. That you're allowed to do that. Is there an advantage? Is that why? One sixes? Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll make about 10 more horsepower if you go to one six. Okay. Um, yeah, roughly 10 horsepower. Gotcha. Cool. Well, speaking of uh, Q and a, I see your sweatshirt there. Yep. Exciting race logic chassis school. Of course, we were in Pennsylvania, you know, last weekend. We talked about that. Yep. Um, I excitingly got all of the videos edited and done. And cool. so now the class is up and ready to be purchased. And and the cool thing is you can watch it, rewatch it, rewind, fast forward, yeah, skip sections. It, it. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's no like, and if you attend the class, it. that's you get to. Yeah, it's it, part of know, it. Part of the class. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. No extra payment there. You're right. Yeah, and so um, I think I probably have a a banner or something on that. If you wanted to check it out, and uh, the the information there is just so good. Uh, I thought it was a really great class this year. Yeah, I did too. I thought, um, I thought it was a lot. I mean, we didn't have the turnout obviously up there for the first time having it there, but I think uh, I think the quality of the questions and. Yeah. Everything that we had going on, I think we're, we're far better than, you know, having 
you know, 100 people in the class versus what do we have, 60-something, I guess. Yeah, but you know what? We had a lot more people asking questions. There's than more you would, engagement. Yeah, a lot of engagement, and, but not getting us off course at all. No. You know, and there were some really... No, everything some, was relative to the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was some great information. I really took in a lot more this year. This is not my first time, obviously, but doing these, you know, filming them for a, a few years, but going to them even before oh, then. Yeah. And uh, there was, I mean, there's, there's some tricks there. You know, when you look at breaks, you look at cooling and, and every year innovations happen. Um, and, and everybody there is always experimental and trying new things. Um, the well, the just, shock stuff just, was really good too. Current technology. So, it is you know, even yeah. like Robbie was talking shock stuff. He's like, you know, hey, two years ago we were doing this, but now we're doing this. Oh yeah, that kind of thing. It's like, and I remember being at the class two years ago and going, wow, because he was like, yeah, a year ago we were doing this, but now we're doing this. Mm -hmm. so, shit changes so crazy, crazily, you know, especially in that that world, that shock world, and stuff like that. It's, oh, it's, it's insane. Well, and even Not they were a saying... lot changes on crate engines, but you know, no, but you know, I I mean, I think one of the innovations in the last year was probably the Arts thermostat has been a oh that's been a great thing. that's been yeah, a 100%. really really big uh kind of game changer that's, there yeah, been been one thing that i've certainly dove on board with yeah yeah because i never believed in the running a thermostat before right right just because i knew what it the problems it has so he's eliminated all the problems thermostats have. yeah well and the biggest problem being the cavitation of a water pump oh, and absolutely. and now you've taken that out of the equation yeah. so that's really that was one thing so you know Cool little trick there for, oh, for sure. For sure. Um, all right, let's see. We got some more. Um, okay. Yeah, he, he wrote, rewrote, wrote that same question again, mm -hmm. um, but without pulling out the rocker stud. So, yep. so yeah, you've answered that. Yeah. Any other questions you guys have? Feel free to to drop them, drop them in there. Now on a six oh two, like one of the main things you have to worry about too is valve float, because a lot of people still think that oh hey I can turn my six oh two like sixty eight or sixty nine hundred RPM. That's when you start ripping out rocker studs and having all sorts of, you know, tearing them in half, honestly, because the rocker is actually hitting the stud because you're in float, bow float. So that's something you need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. So, yeah, do not over rev them, even if you are able to go to a 1.6, which I think you can. I, I just have to, I'd have to look back through my notes. Well, again, because it's nothing that we've ever been able to do in anything that we do. Yeah. So, for whatever that's worth. Well, that's, <laughs> no, that's good. You know, I mean, part of what you do too is to try to increase the longevity of any of these engines. You don't want to try to push them. Yeah, I mean, the more of these we have running, the you know, the better the racing is, and you know, the more guys we have racing, you know, obviously we sustain our sport. So let, let's not be blowing these things up for doing stupid shit. Yeah. Oh, and Dave Hammond is here from Hammond Motorsports and Dirt Car USA. Yep. I'm just doing the Mr. Dave Hammond. Dave. Yes. And of course, Dave was with us um, for both of the of the race logic classes this year. One of them was at his shop for the IMCA That's stock right. car. Yeah. It I mean, you don't have any reason to be there because it's the IMCA country one, right. but it was really cool being at Dave's shop this year. Oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah. That's and Dave cool. Dave always has, you know, innovative tools and um, amazing tips and tricks oh, on absolutely. all the <clears> chassis <throat> setup stuff and the setup plates. You know, really, really some cool stuff. Yep, so, sure. hey, Dave. Yeah, thanks for being here. And uh, let's see. Harold's got another question. He says, I'm not running into any coil bind, mm -hmm. and I change the springs every third week. Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping the 602 crate will live. 
Yeah, I mean it will. I mean if you if you're not if you don't have coil bind issue or anything like that, and you're not over revving the piss out of it, then uh, you shouldn't have an issue at all. Oh yeah, and he says uh, UMP only allows sixty two hundred RPM. Okay, yeah, so you're so fine. You're well, well, well like, within. Like if you're yeah, if you're running sixty two hundred, yeah, thing will live forever. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just <clears throat> the guys in our area where it's not you know there is no rev limiter rule that we have issues with where you know you get a guy that rips a rocker stud out or or you know, drops a valve or rips a piston in half, <laughs> rips a pin out of the piston. They're like, I swear it's never been over 6,200 RPM. <laughs> like, yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even yeah. if we do any, any rules that we do have around um, about like rev, uh, like rev limiters or whatever, it's 6,400. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. You know, for the 602. Yeah. I know I had to, I was selling somebody a chip here the other day because mm-hmm. they, they were required to have it for, for where they were good. going. I mean, yeah, I mean, Georgia race. To me, that's the max. You need to turn the damn things. Number one, I mean, the shit, they're falling on their face at 5,500. So there's no reason to be turning one over 64. Mm-hmm. And honestly, in our area, even like in late models, like the guys that are actually winning races and, and, you know, got the car actually working, they're only turning 62 anyway. Yeah. You know, it's just the same with the 604s. I mean, those guys are turning 66. Well, you've talked about the direct correlation before about gearing versus, uh, like the rev limiter or whatever. Like if you when you're pulling gear out and some, yeah, well, some kind of correlation. Well, what it is like mistakes like a lot of people make, especially if they're coming from a division that's like an open motor mm-hmm. division, and let's say they're used to turning, you know, I don't, I don't know, it could be a steelhead that they're used to turning eighty five hundred. It could be a super that they're used to turning you know, 82 to nine, something like that. You know, if they don't hear that high RPM squeal, so to speak, uh, they, they don't think they're going fast. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you're backing down from a division like that to a crate and let's say you're coming off the corner and, and the thing's just not going nowhere, these guys start throwing gear to it. So more gear, more gear, more gear. And then they're just backing up. Because what happens is, as you throw gear to these things, you're not going to turn no more RPM. I mean, I mean, there's a limit there on, because again, you're going to be in valve float. There's a limit to it. So what they end up doing, and they're so high above what the peak torque is on the motor, like coming off corners, that the thing's just flat as shit. So it ain't going nowhere. So I always tell you, start pulling gear out. You know, if you think it's not coming off the corner, because you don't think you're turning off RPMs, pull some gear out of it, and odds are it'll improve your corner. I mean, your corner exit speed. Mm-hmm. It'll be lugging, but odds are you're gonna be faster. Well, there's something like even if it was just like a, a a couple of yards or something that by the end of a straightaway, you're talking about even if it's just the tiniest amount. It could give you a little bit of an advantage. Well, as, well, no, as as you're able to pull gear out of the engine, so as you produce more torque, so that that's what we shoot for now is torque. Right. I don't even give a shit about horsepower on any of these applications. So as you produce more torque, you can pull gear out of the car. So as you pull gear out of the car, what does that do? It increases your mile an hour. Mm-hmm. So the freer you get the car, you know, the more momentum up the car is, and the more gear you can pull out of it, the faster your lap time is going to be. And the faster your straightaway speed is going to be. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I mean, that's and corner great speed tips. and everything else. Right. Yeah. So use the engine. Don't abuse the engine. 
Yeah. It just sounded corny as fuck, but it totally <laughs> whatever. <was. laughs> I, 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 it totally was. I feel like I want to find like a, a beautiful picture of a, of a butterfly. Right. And <laughs> just remember you sending me a meme one time where it was like this really terrible phrase, but it was like against a picture of like a butterfly. <laughs> use the engine, but don't Abuse. use the engine. Steve Hendren and like yeah. with maybe a nice little landscape, you know, maybe mm-hmm. taken with my weather balloon drone, you know. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> It'd be funny. That'd be great. Yeah. Steve says. Steve says. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Anything else new? Exciting? No, no. I mean, not in the last week, honestly. Um, oh, uh, football is coming up. Oh, so, Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's next Sunday. Yeah, um, who are you rooting for? Uh, honestly, I don't give a shit who wins, but I'll probably be going for the for the uh, Eagles. Oh, okay. So. I just want to win the football pool, so I really I, I only care about what the score. Oh, our are. football cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got another one by the way. The twenty five, yeah. the twenty five spot. So if you win on one in on that, you can be on that one too. What is that one like? Twenty bucks a. It's twenty bucks a hit. Okay. Twenty five spots. Obviously, I'm only going to allow people to get picked two spots. Uh, so maximum $40. Yeah. You know, on your entry fee. Right. But you get right, two, a whole two, block. No, two number. You get a whole, yeah, you get two numbers. and you know, Yeah. So. A block of numbers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Who else out there is like, yeah, we want to hear like, who did, who do you want to see win the Super Bowl? <laughs> Honestly, I just don't even care. Yeah. Really don't. Like, just. I got no, I got, I've got no skim in the skin. I wanted, I wanted the Bills. Oh uh, yeah. Not that I'm like a Bills fan, but I just, I like Josh Allen. I like, I just like the whole program they got going on there. Okay. So. Yeah, I haven't watched football in a couple of years, so. Yeah, well, start yeah. playing fantasy again. No. Then you will. No. Hell, I won like fucking eight hundred dollars in fantasy football this year. Yeah, you know what? If I'm going to do like <laughs> do research on who's going to be a winner and loser and all of that, I'd rather be playing in the stock market where I can actually make real money. Well, there's that. You know, that's why that's why I so, have a limited. I love how he stop, comes to you. Stop insulting my fantasy football <laughs> aspirations. No, no, I was more about like when they started kneeling and not appreciating that they were, you know, offered the opportunities in America. Yeah, nobody's doing that anymore. I, uh, it was a trend. Well, even so, <laughs> you know, when the baseball players. Went on strike in 1990. No, that's something. when I lost interest in baseball. Too. That's when I lost interest in baseball. So, yeah. you know, hey, one of those things. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got uh, Donnie Shane here says, totally agree with taking gear out, especially on dry slick. Oh. Always yeah. worked for me. Most thought I was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on your driving style, honestly, because a lot of times, years and years and years ago, when I'd run like super slick places, I'd actually put gear in, in one. Because mm. what it would do it would allow me to not use as much brake in the corner, and then because you're, you're slowed down so much and the car has no momentum, then it would allow you to, if you have throttle control, then you can get up off the corner a little bit quicker than the guy that's got no gear in the car, basically. Mm-hmm. So there's two different ways of looking at that. Yeah, that's and it's cool. just what works for you. I mean, if you win races doing it that way, do it that way. Well, I, mean, I, was, I think that was a big, big takeaway from race logic. Uh, you know, a lot of this comes down to driver preference and what's going to make a driver feel the most comfortable. Oh, for sure. You know, and the more comfortable, the more secure, I shouldn't say comfortable, the more secure 
a driver feels mm-hmm. like the more in control that they feel, the better that they're going to drive. Well, it's just all, it's all driver preference. So yeah, I mean, you really got to tailor everything around the right in the race car around the driver. Honestly. Right. And then, and then and, to learn how to do it yeah. is, and is then, the key. Honestly. Yeah. You have to have, still have a driver that can tell you what he wants. Well, and that's the main thing. I mean, that's the difference between just starting out right. and being very experienced at driving a race car is the guy just starting out. I mean, basically the pit crew is going, this is what we think we need. And they're just throwing shit at stuff, Yeah, which is fine. Cause that's just how it works with everybody. I mean, I did the same thing with my son when he started, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, all right, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'd want. Let's throw that at the race car kind of thing, you know? And my brother would see something different or he'd see something the same. And, but Alex didn't know how to communicate. Hey, this is what I really want. Yeah. You know, so, cause he's going to drive different. I'm going to drive. I'm going to drive different. You drive, you know, that kind of thing. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's always yeah. really interesting and really interesting to me, all the different oh, sure. driving styles and, um, and then, you know, different cars, I mean, just like engines, you, like you say, you do what GM can't do, and that's to make all the engines Correct. equal. But the reality is you could take the same car and have and, and swap out engine after engine after engine. Now, they're not going to be a huge variance, but they're not going to be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. There, there are going to be subtle differences, just like in a chassis, even if they were built on the same jig, that uh, some of them are just the materials. I mean, they're just going to flex a little bit differently or consistency but there's going to be idiosyncrasies i've had had people drive my race cars in the past like uh when so i won my dad's first memorial race Mm -hmm. and i swore i'd never raced another one Mm -hmm. i'm like hey one and done i won the very first one yep that's my thing so i'll put people in the car from here on out to run dad's memorial race Mm -hmm. i mean when we had it down here in the carolinas right and so like the first year i put ricky weeks in the car and Ricky's driving style is completely different than mine. So we had to change the car around him. Well, like, I think it was like Ricky drove it once or twice. And then I think Jeff. I was going to say, Jeff, I thought, I thought I remember and, um, Jeff. And from what I liked, car. what Jeff liked was like hardly any change at all. Yeah. You, you guys drive yeah. very similarly. Right. Um, like you have an elegant driving style. Well, it's just, it's just different. It's just right. the way things are. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, it's just everybody drives different, but some people drive the same kind of, or very similarly to where it's like changes are not that important. Right. Well, and if, if you already know that, then part of it is just developing your driving style to even know what kind of style oh, of yeah. driver you are. You got to have yeah, enough totally. laps to even figure that out for exactly. sure. Oh, and Alan is here. He says, uh, hello from Delaware. Always yeah. look forward to your show. Thank you so much for being here. Nice. Yeah. I think we might have a shorter one today. We could have a shorter one today. Yeah. Yeah. Should yeah. we bring up anything else or not? No. No. I got. Nope. I got nothing. I have nope. nothing else to bring up. No. Nope. No. I don't have any specials or. Not even. Nope. Not even the thing. Nope. I got nothing. Nope. We're gonna wrap it up. I want to think. Any any last words you if don't even. Nope. <laughs> you gotta tell everybody. Nope. I want to thank you all for being here. (laughs) Thank you so much for being part of the show. And we will look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one.